Welcome to Audio Gyan with Kedar Nimkar, a podcast that documents insightful conversations with Indian designers, artists, musicians, writers, thinkers, and creatives of all types. Catch us on iTunes or visit audiogyan.com for more Gyan sessions. Here's your host, Kedar Nimkar. Today, I have Naresh Narasimhan with us on Audio Gyan. He's an architect, urbanist, activist, and a creative. As a co-founder of Mod Institute. an international collective of urban designers researchers curators naresh has been responsible for making cities like bangalore and urban processes that drive them visible and participatory as a part of erstwhile bangalore agenda task force a founder and a trustee of imagine bangalore and regular advisor to government bodies naresh has fueled many progressive causes for the city so thank you naresh for giving us your time and it's a real honor to have you on audio gyan Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. I'm happy to be here on the show. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I mean today uh, generally Audiogan deals with uh, discussions on uh, designers, design, philosophy, performing arts and stuff like that. But uh, today I'm trying to uh, just take a very broader perspective of design and the topic which i've thought of uh, to discuss with you is design of Bangalore. Okay. Uh, and i've come up with few questions for these so we'll start off uh, by asking you like what is the design of bangalore like from a geography standpoint also uh, i mean it's circular nature as opposed to mumbai's linear nature and things like that yeah. and also in one of your talks i heard about the the cow shape uh, okay. geography uh, with a government's uh, governance standpoint so can you tell us about it more see bangalore is a strange city mm-hmm. is right it's one of the probably the largest city in the world mm-hmm. without any natural boundaries Okay. Right. It is not next to a river. It is not next to a sea. It's not a port, and it's not even next to a mountain. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are the usually cities around the world are positioned for obvious reasons, either protection and water supply. Bangalore does not even have water supply. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually cities are next to rivers at least Correct. for fresh water. Yeah. Or that's how cities start. Mm. So it's a strange geography, and it's also. one of the highest points in the deccan peninsula in the in the deccan plateau rather not peninsula deccan plateau okay and we are almost about i think about 3000 feet above sea level oh right that's quite a lot 1000 meters yeah. and that's why that that's the dark secret of bangalore's climate is yeah. just its elevation mm-hmm. right and that's yeah, the cool. yeah. yeah we have fantastic climate mm-hmm. and bangalore became a settlement by design it did it there was no reason for it to have naturally evolved into a city so what why it was done like that because it is at the confluence of two major trade routes going east and west okay. mangalore to chennai okay this way mm-hmm. and also north and south coming from northern india from pune and from eastern india from hyderabad going down into the south of india mm-hmm. right that was the easier route correct and still the national highway pattern of it will show that these were the original so bangalore became like a what do you call it a trading city mm-hmm. a city of trades mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. and the old city of bangalore was set up somewhere around the around the early 16th century which is around 1537 mm-hmm. right 1537 was the official date at which kempegowda the first uh, established the city of and the city was always thought of I wouldn't call it a city then but it was never thought of as a village mm-hmm. it was a town to start with that's okay. not normal in india most 
places would have started with a small village and then grown into a town and then grown into a city mm-hmm. this was conceptualized in the early 15th century as a town okay with almost like a, i think close to 30 different kinds of tradesmen living in it wow mm-hmm. so and the shape of the town was as you pointed out was like the mouth of a cow the face of a cow mm-hmm. that was due to mostly geographical reasons because there must have been a mound there or a higher point and they would have laid it out correct but what they did the early builders of bangalore mm. uh, bengaluru is the right way to say it because that's the that's what we know it as as locals okay right B- bangalore was the anglicized version from the british bengaluru is the right pronunciation of it okay it has multiple theories about its origin but what's most fascinating is that all the lakes there are no lakes in bangalore all of them are man made tanks made by these rulers oh. even earlier to kempegowda mm-hmm. and these lakes would tra- trap rain water mm. and that would be used by the people to i mean you you can build a city anywhere but if correct. you don't have water correct like fatehpur sikri that's the end of your city so very clever system of overflowing lakes and bunds they made tanks mm-hmm. which impounded all the rain water bangalore gets close to about 970 mm of rain every year quite a lot of rain mm-hmm. now that's a uh, millions and millions of liters of rain correct a lot of this was captured over time once the british took over the city expanded and that is another story so mm-hmm. how it but the funny thing is that it's one of the it is a it is older it is 481 years old this year right mm-hmm. it is older than chennai it is older than bombay and it's older than calcutta Oh is it And the oldest uh, older than us is only Jaipur and Delhi. Okay. So it's quite a uh, Varanasi so, maybe. Var- Varanasi is older than everything else and twice as much put the all put together. Nobody knows how old Varanasi is. <laughs> Varanasi is probably the oldest inhabited city on earth. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. Okay. Uh yeah and just to elaborate on like in terms of how how the design has evolved over time i mean because it's spreading because that's yeah. a very narrow perspective at which i am looking at but yeah. you could probably yeah probably yeah so major dates in the history of bangalore would be say uh, in 1799 hmm. the british defeated tipu sultan at srirangapatnam hmm. or serangapatnam as it was known as mm-hmm. and then the bangalore administration was taken over by the british they took over bangalore okay. they, they had their office in their old fort area hmm. and in tipu's palace was the first office of the the first office of the british administration okay and they ruled the place till about the uh, restitution what hmm. is called the restoration hmm. which is where the the king of mysore was uh, reinstated on the throne mm-hmm. right in 1881 if i'm not mistaken hmm. and the city was divided into two halves okay right one called the cantonment or this the british military establishment hmm. the british basically used bangalore as a staging post staging place and there had a huge military presence here hmm. right from the days of tipu sultan hmm. they made that into the cantonment and then the rest of it was called the city okay pete as, as we call it in kannada the petes hmm. which is different trades had different places to live hmm. and the city effectively split into two it was called a civil and military station the correct name for the cantonment hmm. because civilians were also permitted that is only westerners mm-hmm. and they built a giant park in between the old city and the new city called kaban park 
which was basically an apartheid park basically yeah. anybody from the old city the the indians could go over to the british side with a pass Mm-hmm. and they have to be back in their city by 6 pm otherwise you will be arrested okay so okay. that this was reserved for the the the, the northern half of the city mm-hmm. where the city developed was reserved for the occupying forces the british forces mm-hmm. many institutions came up at that time so the city was never master planned in any sense mm-hmm. there was a master plan of a town mm-hmm. and then the british made a division of the uh, the areas they occupied and they were using very colonial planning methods which is why you see a lot of grid iron patterns mm-hmm. suddenly popping up and then of course after in Indip- i mean the city started growing like crazy because lots of uh, the the mysore government once the, it came back mm-hmm. started using this place more and more for its building up its institutions and all that mm-hmm. and then after independence It's also an unusual city for one reason. It is a city without any smokestack industrial history. Mm-hmm. We never had a polluting industry at all ever. Mm-hmm. Not no belching, you know, most Indian cities you'll find these chimneys puffing clouds of Correct. toxic looking stuff into there. We never had that. As a result, we never had much of a what would you call the blue collar class at all in the city. Mhm. And after independence, what happened? The then Prime Minister Jawaharlal Nehru hmm. decided that we will be a city. Bangalore will be a city of the future. Okay. And he made a statement to that effect. He said, "Most cities in India definitely remind you of the past hmm. and overwhelmingly of the present." He said, "The Bangalore is the only place where I can see, which I can see a picture of the future." Hmm. Unfortunately, it's not gone exactly according to plan, but yeah. I'm sure we can yeah. find. But the idea of a city and what happened was in the 50s they established a lot of scientific and educational institutions mm-hmm. from the government the bharat electronics radar development establishment aeronautical development establishment then bangalore has 103 research institutions by the government and an equal number by the private sector if not more mm-hmm. so it attracted a different kind of migrant those days it all the technical people mm-hmm. those days it was very difficult to go abroad and all yeah. that in the 60s and 70s yeah lot of them migrated here and they are the parents of the it generation <laughs> you see the the, correct, the correct. it generation didn't pop out of nothing they all the technocrats who came to work for government uh, companies and government research institutions their children are the one who grabbed the uh, it it by the horns yeah. and you know what and you know what happened to that yeah yeah beautiful insights uh, so uh, just going back a bit and asking uh, why was it like military heavy because it is neither a port or ne- like nowhere in a strategic position to no, be no, no, it is i told you it is the confluence of trade routes what is the point of military action to control economic Okay. output mm-hmm. why did the british build railroads not to transport people mm-hmm. to move troops to trouble spots very quickly okay the motivation to mm-hmm. so it's a military occupying force mm-hmm. right and their their whole idea is to pull out the economic value of that whole place out i mean mm-hmm. india was some third level of gdp in the world when the british came and when they left we were i think uh, probably just two third from the bottom mm-hmm. in terms of so they just sucked it out mm-hmm. they, so the idea was to they kept a big military force here to control the hinterland to control the from here the entire south can be controlled no mm-hmm. it's a strategically position it's high up you can see people coming from everywhere correct 
no you, you cannot attack it by surprise mm-hmm. you understand yeah interesting so and again uh, as you mentioned like nehru uh, uh, nehru uh, spoke about as in like the future uh, city kind of a thing so why is that that the older things are not documented or restored because this these are like really I new know. things so no in our head see what happened was till about the 90s early 90s hmm. i would say just around 1990 to be precise pre liberalization right mm-hmm. pre economic liberalization bangalore had it all mm. it was perfect size it was about i think about 20 30 lakhs of uh, people mm. it was a city it was not no longer a town you know I, I, my definition of a city in india is that does the highway pass through it <laughs> okay if the highway doesn't pass through it it's a city mm-hmm. okay you understand otherwise the highway will go through it mm-hmm. then it's a town mm. and if the highway ignores it it will be a village so <laughs> you know you know what i mean right yeah, yeah yeah so it was already a city and i remember it as you know fantastic weather you could get around from any part of the city to another part within like 20 minutes mm. life was easy the bars were open till the last guy went home mm. and it was a very laid back kind of hill station like atmosphere still correct if you correct. and economically also we were not doing so badly there mm. were there were all kinds of other uh, teas you know not mm. just it right? mm. there was floric ft floriculture mm. there was granite business there was some you know, and of course bangalore's uh, old favorite is the liquor business right mm. we we are a liquid city in some mm. sense i think the highest density of bars of any indian city is bangalore mm-hmm. so mm. right? and there was a but it was a very non aggressive very laid back very forgiving very tolerant very accepting kind mm. of mm. place in the 90s it happened the moment liberalization happened the first thing to happen mm. was mm. let me think yeah <laughs> um, what happened was that uh, waves upon waves i mean see we are all benefits of the economic prosperity of the city when an old bangaloreans keep bemoaning the loss of the good old days hmm. i keep telling them you know exactly what are good old days correct, correct. Uh, what period are you talking about oh you know in the 40s and 50s i said in i said 40s and 50s hmm. suppose you had a bit too much to eat at night and you had to go to the restroom hmm. in the middle of the night hmm. you have to cross a scorpion infested courtyard <laughs> with a bucket of water and go and use a dry toilet hmm. do you think that the convenience we have today of you know sitting on a porcelain throne mm. next to your bedroom and doing whatever you have to do mm. is progress or not mm-hmm. i mean would you go back would you, good old days comes with all the you know, baggage even, also even okay. from a serious point of view Correct. antibiotics were invented during the second world war mm-hmm. suppose you got flu you will die those days you know some some basic stuff Correct. What you can, you know, I think that people have to temper everything. Old is not gold, mm. but cultural tradition is always gold. Mm-hmm. You should never forget the correct cultural traditions. But tra- pining for a day when you know very few people were there, it may not be possible because mm. that economic prosperity is what is allowing a lot of people to get go up in life. Correct. People have aspirations. It's good. Yeah. I, 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 Unfortunately the planning of the city the same excuse i've been hearing for some time now saying it happened too fast we didn't know what to do mm-hmm. right Correct. and as i told you earlier bangalore is never never master planned mm-hmm. till the 90s mm-hmm. and by that then it was already too late and the streets were already in place and you know all the 
patterns were already there and then the planning authority did not have internal capability and a lot of illegal i wouldn't say illegal i would say heartfelt need of the people is housing i would say quasi illegal hmm. uh, so called uh, rampant uh, over development happened and that yeah. has spoiled the cities to some extent hmm, hmm, hmm. and in that meantime we have destroyed the nature which hmm. gave us life in the first place hmm. all the lakes are gone we used to have a lake there is something used to be like some 400 lakes in bangalore yeah. now there are some 35 or something yeah. it was also called the lake city yeah, yeah but the lake as i told you was not a lake it was a tank mm-hmm. made by building a bund in a shallow part of the city to hold rain water mm-hmm. it was not a permanent water body it would come it would dry up people would dig it up make bricks out of the clay you know and then again next rainy season it will fill up in the summer they'll use it as a cricket field you know <laughs> mm. so it had like a, it became it was a space of community mm-hmm. a, a tank area it was not just a it was the open What? space public space of the city correct that has disappeared that is very tragic mm-hmm. and i suppose that um, see i am an architect myself and i my job is to uh, my profession is to build buildings mm-hmm. that's how i survive right that's how i get remunerated for what i do mm. but what i have started noticing is that wanton destruction of heritage hmm. is happening with by people who do not understand that there are alternative ways to for economic benefit hmm. 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 so bangalore has lost i think we had more than at one point i think more than 3 4000 heritage buildings okay. in the mid 80s it had come down to some 800 now there are less than 300 every day one more will go So and most of the 300 now fortunately belong to the government so we're telling the government at least at least you don't do it mm-hmm. don't break it otherwise no see the one of the factors in uh, you come from bombay right mm-hmm. why do bombay people have pride in bombay yeah i mean it is there are like if i if i have to connect with from where you are coming from it has lot of Uh, public spaces and uh, like iconic things which are preserved yet like say gateway of india or the marine drive or uh, you have so when you say when i say the same thing about bangalore what can what image comes to your mind so all i can think of is kaban bagh is yeah, yeah. So, so so what i'm saying is heritage is not just buildings hmm. heritage is also open spaces trees parks tanks hmm. lakes monument statue everything is part of your cultural memory correct correct so you have to see it in a large perspective mm. and we, we have been trying a lot of us are part of various citizen groups and we have we have a group called heritage beku also mm. beku is our beku beda is our famous bangalore symbol beku means want mm. beda means we don't want mm-hmm. we don't want it so correct. we have a thing and saying that whatever is left we are trying to there's fairly active group of people in the city who are interested mm. in the history and mm. in the uh, future generations will not know what this city was there is no when i told you it was 481 years old mm. you can't make out it all looks like everything is covered up and broken and you know some new stuff has replaced it yeah. but the hidden city is still there mm. but sorry to interrupt here and uh, like as you mentioned there are certain there there could be certain political agenda or what kind of agenda was it not to restore that or not to maintain or It, uh, it's not one thing it is a series of bad decisions over time okay in the 70s but they are heavily influenced by the government itself right or other uh, like there are a lot of stakeholders let's put it mildly okay okay there are stakeholders there are land developers there are uh, many uh, institutional agencies hmm. so what happened was in the mid 70s hmm. 
in the guise of malaria eradication hmm. they filled up lots of lakes and converted them to land hmm. it was a survey number it got allotted to various people they built a diversionary drain which carries sewage most of the time and then they filled up all the lakes mm. who did it everybody did it there's no political party which can claim any particular advantage mm-hmm. everybody was complicit in doing stuff like this and the people also didn't react mm. see even the as latest 10 years ago we've got a we have this new metro right mm. some two three voices like mine and maybe couple of others in the wilderness were yelling saying whatever it costs at least in the center of the city take it underground hmm. okay. mg road was a one of our beautiful roads public hmm. space only one side had shops the other side had a beautiful promenade to walk on correct on top of that they've gone and built it they could have easily taken the metro underground for another two three kilometers and popped out a little bit away hmm. but they'll say budget and we don't have money and so you have to have love for the city you have to have pride hmm. if you have pride and not look at just economics then you will take the right decisions correct 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 interesting um can you also share some insights into like the overall infrastructure development i mean with respect to go- growing migrants or transit people i, I can see a lot of uh, no, that a, it is starting to the cracks are starting to show very badly as you can see because hmm. in the last 10 15 years i think 60 3% of the city is now new migrant. Oh, the 60. city's population has more than doubled in the last 15 20 years. Hmm. It's crossed about it's come to about 1.1 crore. Hmm. And plus a floating population probably of another 10 15 lakhs on a daily basis. People are coming in from the hinterland and going back also hmm. or hmm. working here. It's not simply not designed it cannot take it. Cannot take it. Yeah. One of the other reasons these lakes were filled up is because we in the 60s and 70s in the mid 70s we started getting water 125 kilometers away from the kaveri river hmm, hmm. we have a you know it's the Correct. we pump it uphill and pay 50 crores a month as electricity bill okay. the water is pumped uphill from the river and because of that center of ba- the central parts of bangalore got water and then all the lakes got became irrelevant hmm. you hmm. understand so that's how there is happened. some ground water as well right yeah huge amount of groundwater is being extracted this that's also unsustainable will run out of water very very quickly now mm. if this something is not done mm. we have to and the answer is very simple do what the founding father of bangalore did mm. build the tanks okay. you need rain water harvesting okay. period okay. maybe not in we can't go back and say knock off all the our bus stand is built on a tank our sports stadium is built on a tank mm-hmm. we can't do anything about it. a metro station is in the under a ta- old tank mm-hmm. the central so you can't do anything about it but at least individually if the government says bu- rain water harvesting or bust mm-hmm. we can get about 75% of the water we draw from the kaveri just from the sky mm-hmm. so we re- so we have to come up with innovative alternative altern- it will happen mm-hmm. it is not like it bangalore can't be written off that easily <laughs> yeah uh for like the listeners also i would say that uh, do listen to nareesh's talk on uh, ted and designup.io because uh, there are like lot of positive hopes uh, to the city um so originally being like a relax relaxed lifestyle uh, with good weather i mean uh, what 
as you mentioned earlier also the people are not very vocal about it uh, i wouldn't say they are not confronting but uh, as far as my living in bangalore for 6 years i've seen uh, wherever there's a traffic jam or there's a deadlock uh, in bombay people just roll down the windows and yell at each other there's no road rage in bangalore but it's yeah. coming yeah you can no, see but, it but what is what is happening at a psychological level from your perspective uh, with the locals at least because there are a lot these 63% of migrants so people are feeling left out you know because a lot of the benefits of the it revolution are not coming back to them mm-hmm. so people are feeling left out there is a sense of loss of a cultural identity the kannada language is not being given the respect it deserves mm-hmm. see bangalore is the only city where you can speak five languages to an auto driver and get away with it mm-hmm. no no other city will let you do it i think even okay. bombay i think you better know a little bit of marathi otherwise you're in trouble yeah <laughs> right yeah you can't get away mm-hmm. but bangalore you can speak english urdu kannada telugu tamil and hindi too mm-hmm. and the fellow will reply you back in the same language correct so it's a very tolerant city but you should not mistake tolerance for you know silent you know we are not complacent guys the, mm-hmm. the i think the local identity is asserting itself and it's important that we we want to keep our culture and this is a city made by us it is not a city made by other people mm-hmm. Right, but so. is there like a psychological uh i wouldn't say depression but there is some sort of uh low on energy when it comes to like really local it used to be like that i think after the we have we had a big agitation for that steel flyover problem in Correct. bangalore couple of, yeah. now all the resident welfare associations have figured, have woken up i think more than about 1800 of them in the city now yeah. and they're becoming extremely vocal as to what constitutes their neighborhood and what they want to see as development see uh, really speaking the city has to be designed by its own people mm. when you say people it sounds fuzzy but i would modify that statement and say the city has to be designed inside out from the neighborhood outwards mm. not put some me- mega master plan made by some bureaucrats and by some consultants mm. Mm. it has to be done like a consultative exercise rather than a authoritative yeah i mean yeah. it doesn't i mean maybe not politically correct so to mm. say so but we don't need a master plan mm-hmm. we need a more like a servant plan mm-hmm. it serves the people mm-hmm. you understand you this master plan already sounds like an imperialist uh, mm-hmm. overlay right it, yeah. that story i think is over mm-hmm. and the city will nobody will listen to things hap- i mean there are a lot of still lot of problems in bangalore traffic is a huge problem because we don't we didn't react fast enough to put in effective public transit mm. and we now have the unenviable reputation of having the something like uh, what do you call it? almost one is to one uh, people to wake you know one is to 0.8 there are some 75 lakh vehicles in bangalore for 1 1.1 crore people that's like 0.8 it's almost one vehicle uh, any any more than this i think we'll have a permanent traffic jam Mm-hmm. and we all have to walk as maybe it's a good thing or maybe take the metro yeah. so but we have to find we have to it's also a behavioral change that mm. we have to find a way to make public transit the option of choice Correct. and not depend upon uh, that that will only happen if the last mile connectivity is assured mm-hmm. so if that is not there people will still use their private vehicles Correct. so we have to cut it down mm-hmm. um obviously there are uh two parts to this whole conversation one is uh like this is what i was thinking while before the recording that uh there are certain aspects where 
you you talk about resolutions you talk about solutions how it can be done uh, and the other side you uh, address the concerns and just just lay them out and make people sensitive about it Correct. so i wanted the later one uh, in this conversation obviously because if you get into solutions uh, there are there are thousands of people who would be interested Our ideas, and yeah. yeah ideas uh and the next one uh, is slightly a personal curiosity because i have faced this on a day to day basis uh, like what could be the wrong with the road design especially um where people like complain about traffic jams or water logging even if there is a small like uh, yeah, rainfall so if can you highlight some see the a road in india is not that black surface that you see hmm. it's a conceptual problem the road in india is what is below it and what is below it is effective drainage if the road is not drained properly mm. okay bangalore as i told you is 3000 feet above sea level mm. and everything slopes away from us in all directions mm. there's a highest point in the center of the city called high grounds and from there the city sl- there's no reason it should flood at all water should just push off correct but what happens is that the road geometry is poor the ro- our road design the the conceptual design of our what is called a right of way hmm. it is not the road hmm. it is compound wall to compound wall property to property hmm. including the storm water including the utilities including the footpath including the carriage way where the actual vehicles go hmm. and also the median everything is the road hmm. okay is the right of way mm-hmm. and the main killer in that is that the road technology we use is something called water bound macadam or asphalt which is if water stagnant on it it will dissolve okay as long as water drains off hmm. and the key word is drain hmm. i always joke to everybody saying all we have in india is brain drain where our guys go and do the same good stuff in dubai or america or wherever hmm. and the drain brain is missing from india <laughs> who ha- nobody knows how to do drainage mm-hmm. no what i mean i'm just in a lighter vein correct but all is not lost i think the center of bangalore we have a very good project going called tender sure hmm. which addresses this issue and uh, we have seen that in the current rain rainy season none of these roads are developing any of these problems that are endemic to the other places hmm. so the pilot of about 50 kilometers is completed in the hmm. center of the city hmm. here hmm. and that's the way forward we have to find a way also not to widen roads unnecessarily because hmm. if you widen it people will go and buy pri- more private vehicles if you build more flyovers the flyover story is over we yeah. cannot we have to demolish what is there in the city mm. so the key word here is rather than look at building more roads we have to find a way to demotorize the roads mm. take out the number of vehicles by increasing public transit options mm-hmm. and also making sure the the most important guy in the public transit option is what i call number 11 which is your two feet mm. so this make the city accessible to pedestrians 100% hmm. there's no question of not having a foot you may not have a road but you will have a footpath correct, correct. you understand the thinking should be reversed this way mm-hmm. and you also look at it from an engineering perspective how do you put all the cables and stuff into easily accessible ducts so that the road doesn't get dug up or the footpath also doesn't get dug up hmm. and you also make sure that the drainage is perfectly done the top layer it can be anything it can be concrete it can be asphalt it can be black it can be white it can be red or green or whatever you want yeah. but if you don't do the drainage simply it won't work mm. and if you don't do the engineering right mm. so solutions are available but unfortunately what happens is there is a 
the system of governance in india is highly resistant to change Hmm. not because they don't they don't i mean the, the people in government are also citizens right correct just like you enjoy a great road they will also enjoy a great road but the system is designed to create what i would call unnatural gratification can you explain yeah i mean I, that's called a euphemism right? <laughs> they, it creates rent seeking behavior among all the stakeholders there correct What happens is if you make a change hmm. they are used to what is called annuity contracts hmm. so they would spend 50 lakhs a year per kilometer of road hmm. right that's okay. what they, because you can spend that every year correct and you know what happens to most of it mm-hmm. right yeah but if i say spend 5 crores one time and hmm. you don't have to touch the road for 10 years hmm. there will be resistance Everybody has understood that these are better roads. Correct. These footpaths are better. This way to do it is better. It's easier to maintain. Everything is much easier. Traffic also flows better. But in the change from that fifty lakhs thinking to that five crore thinking, mm-hmm. there will be a loss of revenue, mm-hmm. and that makes the system resistant to change mm-hmm. in a large scale. Revenue is mostly the rent-seeking part itself, right? Yeah, but you know, I mean, I don't have to elaborate on. There are problems in our. Uh, mm-hmm. what do you call it fund flow into infrastructure projects there are issues which is not 100% transparent to hmm. the average person so hmm. i don't want to elaborate on that but it is but it's not like it's impossible right so hmm. many civic activists and people who are interested in the city hmm. we all feel like you know I, i don't know whether you know the greek myth of sisyphus who he was condemned a man called sisyphus he was condemned to roll a giant rock hmm. up a hill correct yeah yeah from the bottom all by himself when it reached the top it would roll down and go to the bottom and he had to go and push it back up mm-hmm. so working with government processes is like sisyphian <laughs> if you want me to call that but sometimes we managed to do it and a few good things come out of it but i'm i'm saying that the with rti and with a increased media attention correct Uh, on what is going on at least i think there is progress and hope for the future yeah absolutely uh nari sir i would like to conclude with uh, one last question uh, given the time constraint uh where is bengaluru heading i mean what can citizens be aware because as you mentioned just now uh, the rolling stone right so even if uh, Uh, I mean, if you if you look at the broken windows concept, the things uh, let's say hundred feet road or eighty feet road, if there are great footpaths and like wide footpaths, uh, there's lot of things which are dug up randomly, and then people get complacent or get Correct. used to all those things. So, what could be your uh, insights or I don't know, I don't want to no, say I think what... tips, but yeah, just to uh, like like changing weather or bad roads. What can people be at least aware uh, so that they don't fall in this snowball rolling effect of getting uh, no i think you can answer the question in one word hmm. right and that word is how do you make this into a sustainable city hmm. what does it what does it take hmm. what what does it take is very simple you need metrics you cannot have visions i don't like visions they are fuzzy cotton colored cotton candy visions of you know the future mm. which nobody is held accountable for mm. our political systems are designed to last only 5 years at a time or less correct so whatever you can do as to have a 5 year vision that's it mm. you say i'll but the politician will also in 2050 bangalore we don't care mm. 
right now 2023 what will you do Before, and in every year in that what will you do so yeah. we have to change this whole idea of visioning the city into a long term holistic sustainable vision but a short term tactical vision to get there and to do that you need metrics Mm-hmm. So I told you 1990 was the best year. Mm-hmm. So I have a radical idea. Mm-hmm. So we take air quality metrics of that time, mm-hmm. water quality. So we look at the Panchabhutas, right? Mm-hmm. We uh, according I am a great fan of Indian philosophy and okay. Indian design paradigms. So mm-hmm. what I call, you know and I say look at the Panchabhutas or the Panchatattvas whatever you want to yeah. call them. Yeah. The Akasha which is this this the sky, sky yeah. which means I would say pollution and the quality of air and all that is part of it, mm-hmm. right? and i would say space there is how people have adequate housing are as it close to schools mm. is it convenient that would come under so if you look at the wow. panchabhutas correct there's your answer the india has been thinking about things for a very long time we should stop looking at the west or the east for answers mm. and we have to look within mm. and our answers are there and if you take those metrics saying that SPM 2.5 is your sta- suspended particulate matter 2.5 is your measure of pollution pollution yeah that is the size of the micro particle mm. what was the level in 1990 x the mm. safe level is some 60 or something and right now bangalore is already at some 120 but nothing compared to delhi which is at 400 or something mm-hmm. they are exceeding the air quality index scale there's no more numbers left in <laughs> for delhi yeah. we are not so bad mm. okay and uh, So if you say that the air quality index in 1990 was let us say 30 mm. what can we do today to make it go back to that level mm. or at least say 10% variation what can you do you have to reduce the number of vehicles you have to take out the pollution sources so what you understand you can create a framework mm. but you need these top 5 metrics in place mm. space trees per person in 1990 how many mm. How many are there today? Lakes per person in 1990. How many were there? How can we bring back something? How, how can we at least... Get, so at you least, have like... A, yeah. So what I am saying is that it's like the movie Back to the Future, right? Mm. Local. So we need a past-forward mentality, not a fast-forward mentality. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to keep on headlong, turbulently going into the unknown future. Okay. If you say, no, the city will be based on these metrics... Mm. then you would have the answer saying to do that what are the plans to make that happen correct correct yeah. which immediately please everybody will say already there are too many people everybody is welcome mm-hmm. but as long as you follow the rules from now on correct and rules are for everyone it's yeah, rules not are for like everybody a, yeah and there are eight towns around bangalore mm. a string of pearls if you want to call them mm. all these towns should be developed into vibrant cities mm-hmm. they have each one has the potential all eight of them have the potential and then create a new eight city ring around the city mm-hmm. and put a nice big green belt with big lakes in the middle mm-hmm. so everybody has water everybody is happy these are all utopic visions but <laughs> no, no, unless you have a radical vision of the city right mm-hmm. you know build eight create eight new cities out of existing towns and mm. create eight new lakes mm. which holds the rainwater of the city and uses it as a okay. resource the city cannot go forward it will come to a position where there will be water wars there will be already road rage is increasing correct we have to find a way to make footpaths wider and not roads broader mm-hmm. that's the vision so but i don't know when that yeah. will happen i hope yeah. that uh, some we have some at least we have a watchdog 
group, a lot of watchdog groups in Bangalore now, and Correct. it won't at least it won't slide further worse than this. Yeah, yeah, and it has happened because people like you are giving a sort of uh, optimistic view of the of the city, and also I think to add to what you said about sustainable things, I think the definition of sustainable has to be really ingrained in people because as a uh, metric, yeah, it yeah. has to be a number. Yeah. Otherwise, people don't follow it. Mm-hmm. If you say fuzzy things like you know, I bought my take cloth bag for shopping. That is not a metric. Mm-hmm. You understand? Correct, correct. If you say I by doing this, the total amount of garbage generated in 1990 was 1,000 tons or less. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's 4,000. How do we bring it back to 1,000? Correct, correct. Then you can make a plan, right? Then it's an engineering problem. Then it's a social problem. Then it's a design problem. Design problem. <laughs> yeah. You can design the city. You can use design thinking to change the city. Correct, correct. Wow, it was wonderful. Uh, I think this is a good note to end this. Uh, I understand there are thousands of things to be discussed, and uh, maybe I can pick up another topic and just go deeper into yeah. it, and then we can have another yeah. audio. I again. can go on for hours. So. Yeah. <laughs> Thank okay. you very much for calling me to the show. I quite enjoyed the yeah, conversation. Uh, same Thank here, you. Same here. Thank you. And that's it from today's Gyan session. Catch us on iTunes, Savan, Stitcher, or any podcasting app you use. Do rate us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Stay tuned for more Gyan on AudioGyan.com. Till then, bye.